and uh, say good morning to everybody. Morning, 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 morning. Uh-huh. Morning, morning. Good morning. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. Brother Dennis is up. I thought I, that was his voice. Mm-hmm. That wide awake this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brother Dennis is up. Okay. It's a beautiful morning. Yeah. I'm looking out the window, and the uh, and looks like it's gonna start to shine here in a moment. And, and uh, the spring is going to try to find its way here, and uh, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> do we have any uh? Things that somebody may want to put out there for prayer, or uh, if you don't want to get into details, you just say I got something. Just and uh, so we make sure that at least is out there when uh, that time comes to pray. I do know a couple of folks are here who have sick relatives and family members and things, and so we will definitely uh, keep them up there, and some people have to go take care of some business uh, on next week. I don't know how much detail they want to get into that, but uh, uh, we got a lot going on, Mama Bell. Yeah, we do. Here in the next, uh, between now and the next time we get together on Sunday. And, uh, so, uh, I, without, without having this, or without telling you all the business, can you just, uh, know that there's a lot going on and just, uh, keep all that in your prayers? I don't want to put people's business out there, you know, but, uh, so that's one thing that's on the mind. Now, I done told you all the secrets. Anybody want to tell the secrets? I don't want to act like everybody. Somebody want to tell. Anybody have anything they want to tell? Anybody want to say something good about the Lord or anything? Out there? I want to give you room to talk. Oh. Well, everybody's going to... Oh. The Lord is good, I know that. Uh-huh, all right. Always. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's good, that's good. That's good. I get scared of testimony, sirs, but I see I know I'm amongst folks who understand the power of it. They ain't going to talk about no wash machine that, that was a stove policy. So I, I, I appreciate all of you. But I wanted to give time just in case uh, to make sure that everybody uh, sometimes <clears throat> uh, church can be so uh, distant from people you know I grew up in an environment where folk got testified say I didn't come here to care about you and I said, that ain't the Bible you know I ain't come pay attention to you I came for Jesus that ain't the Bible Bible say you know fret not to assemble together and brotherly love, you're supposed to come to church to love each other and to care for each other and to, to bear each other's burdens off. I don't think we read the Bible well, Mama Bell. 
and uh, so I wanted to make sure that I I did uh, op- open that space up for you and like I said some of the things I do know what's going on so we can just throw those that we already thrown those things out there did they ever find that young man I believe there was some business going on um, no. pray for that uh, uh, I have some I want to. I don't want to call him my arch nemesis, but he's pretty close. Uh, he runs a little organization called Black Lives Matter Seven Five Seven. You might have heard some black groups that's out here in these streets acting crazy. Uh, I know one or two of their leaders, and uh, so pray for them because uh, you know, anytime there's trouble, they like to show up and cause mo. And so uh, keep that situation in your prayers. And uh, uh, there's a, probably another group out there called United Front for Justice. I know them. They 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 are they are not as radical. They they they're more uh, they're more level-headed as far as what their mission statement is. But they're a little fiery bunch too. And so. Uh, this piece of business is getting a little bit, uh, I don't want to say a little bit out of hand. That's not what I want to say. It, 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 it's, it's getting more serious. As some people say, it's getting real in these streets. And so uh, uh, please keep those things in your prayers and, and stay attentive. I heard there's going to be some things that are going on to try to figure out how the community can get more involved and what have you. So, uh Please uh, keep those ideas and things in your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, also, um, I want to put this in your ear. Uh, a month from last Sunday, there's going to be an event called Engage Norfolk. It's going to be at the Scope Arena. Uh, I will get you times and things because I do not. I do not have it in front of me. The, the paper that I pulled out was not the right paper. But I have some time to work on that and make sure I get all the details for you. But if you have ever been interested in in learning what's going on, not just in Norfolk, I know some of you do not live fully in Norfolk, but they will. Uh, it will have state legislators and information about uh, things that pertain to all of uh, Virginia or at least this uh, south side area so uh, you can go and and pick you up some information Uh, everything from how to collect your trash to where to put your bodies when you kill off some people you don't like Uh, they have a funeral arrangements, all the people are gonna be there. All the people are gonna be there. And they'll walk you through how to do all the different things, what options you have, what rights you have. Uh all that stuff's gonna happen in one Sunday or, or uh thirty days from last Sunday. So you know March and February share the same date. Yeah. So it's March thirteenth is when that's going to happen. That's going to, that is hosted by Councilwoman Andrea McClellan. 
And so we're going to uh, to do that as well. Uh, also, I'm working on a, a project, and I'm going to need your help with it. This is for most of my Norfolk people. Um, I want you to get on the phone, call everybody you know, tell everybody you need uh, to make sure I'm going to give you the date uh, that we're going to sit down. Now, if you live in uh, Broad Creek, Chesterfield Heights, Valentine, Chute Park, Poplar Halls, Ingleside, Norview, or know anybody in that area, or if you happen to, well, like I said, if you know somebody over there, you can come and be an advocate for them. Uh, I'm working on a conversation with Councilwoman Dinaka Royster. She's the one to replace Angela Williams Graves. And so we're going to try to do that, and we want to make sure that there's a good showing because, you know, some folks feel like if people don't show up, that y'all not waste their time. You know how that is. And so uh, uh, when we get those dates, please uh, find a way to make your way out because... I'm trying to prove to these people that they need to pay attention to folk that they don't think they need to. So, so all those things I ask you to keep in your prayers. Uh, Mama Bell? Yes. I'm glad you're still awake. I know I put you to sleep sometime. <laughs> yeah, you ready? <laughs> you ready for me? <laughs> yes, ma'am. If you go oh, over there okay. and tickle the ivory. Okay. <laughs> well, bang on the cheese, whichever makes you happy. Yeah, okay. And then after that, Brother Dennis would do his business, and then you know how service goes from here. All right.
And amen. Well, good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing on this 20th of, let's see, March? No, February. Don't want to push it too fast, do I? The month is almost gone. Unbelievable. You know, next, uh, won't be long, we'll be saying, ah, here we are in 2023. Uh, but anyway, life life is good. <clears throat> you know, I, I listened to uh, uh, Eric was talking this morning, and sometimes you know, we talk about prayer requests and things like that. You know, as we uh, as we walk in our our faith or, or not in our faith, sometimes we uh, we worry about things that, uh, and we're afraid to maybe really say what's on our minds. But you know, we we have to remember that God knows what's on our minds. I know as uh, I was growing up. Uh, when uh, things would get a little rough or I'd start doing some schoolwork or and get the books and the uh, history, but not so much the history as it was in the math books, and I'd run into some kind of uh, equation that I couldn't figure out. So I'd go, uh, I'd call my mom and she said, come on now, you could figure it out. And I'd go, okay, now let me go talk to dad. Because <laughs> she would have, you know, she would have a little bit of clues, but Dad would have more clues. So I'd go call, you know, go talk to Dad and say, "Hey, Dad, can you help me with this?" And he uh, he would help me, but it would be a help me in my own way. If you understand what I'm saying, you know, he'd give me a little guidance, push me in the right direction, and make me figure it out on my own, um, which was a good thing because you know you can't you don't uh, if you get all the answers then. You know, you don't uh, you don't live your life the way you should live your life. Uh, that being said, uh, you know you have to you have to you have to you have to work things out on your own. And I think that's what what God does for us. You know, He He lets us work things out on our own. But one thing we have to remember that uh, in the Old Testament there are many uh, places. Where God lets the uh, lets, letting the prophets or or David or or uh, uh, you know try to figure things out on, on their own. But uh, one thing that I have learned that uh, uh, they 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 still rely on on God and and they know when to call on God. Do you know when to call on God? Do you know when to ask Him? Or something? Do you know when to most seek his guidance, or do you just kind of, you know, like I sometimes do? Oh, I, I can make it through this. I don't need any help. Uh, just like with some of my schoolwork. Oh, I can do this. I don't need my dad to show me which direction to go in. And then you do all your work, and you're real happy with it, and you take it in and give it to the teacher, and she looks like you like, you know, what'd you do, <laughs> or what didn't you do? And you go, whoops, maybe I should ask for help. Uh, or just, or even ask the teacher. You know, sometimes we, uh, I know growing up uh, as a young man, I was intimidated by some of the teachers because they had that uh, that look about them, we'll just put it that way. And sometimes if you ask them for help, they're like, okay, I talked talk to you this two days ago, why can't you remember it, you know, attitude. So, uh, so yeah, sometimes there was some intimidation things there. But that's something we don't have to worry about. Uh, with with our God, our Father, you know, He uh, He kind of lays it out there for us, uh, you know. 
if you're struggling with something in particular in your life, some kind of sin or, or whatever it might be, you know, if you screw up, guess what? He's there for you. And, and, and a year later, if you still mess up with the same thing, guess what? He doesn't say, hey, I told you that last year. You know, he, he still is there with open arms. And as we uh, look in uh, some scripture, just a couple of short verses that uh, I want to share with you today. Uh, I'm going to jump a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> if you look in, uh, let's see, i got to get rid of it. Uh, Jonah, okay. Uh, Jonah chapter 2, verse 2. He said, <clears throat> He says, In my distress I called. I called to the Lord. And he answered me. For deep, <clears throat> deep in the realm of, of the dead, I called for help. And he listened to my cry. Wow, we all know what happened to Jonah. But when he, you know, that when he called for God for help, God was there for him. And then, you know, if you look at something to, to think about, you know, sometimes we, we question God. And then uh, in Psalms uh, 22, verse 19, it says, But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Ooh, you know, sometimes we uh, we have to tell God that, you know, or ask God, hey, you know, I got this problem. Can you help me? But don't don't uh, don't take your time. <laughs> help me quickly. Jonah needed help pretty quick in being inside the, the belly of the fish. Uh, you know, David needed help quickly. Some of the things that he got himself into, you know, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't really wait on the Lord. But the Lord makes you wait. You know, the Lord made Jonah wait for a while. You know, I can't imagine uh, being inside of a, a fish that all of a sudden being spit out on the shore. And, you know, what would, uh, I'm sure he was quite a sight. Uh, I don't think he uh, automatically cleaned up. So anyway, you all you know what fish smell like when you open them up. But uh, that's a whole other issue there. Uh, yeah, but you know, God, God gives us the the strength to to do what we need to do. But we have to remember that He's there, and He's there for us to call on Him, and He's there for us to ask Him. He's there for us to ask Him, God, and to and to give us the strength to face what we what lies ahead. Things aren't always easy, if you know that. <clears throat> Sometimes, you know, uh, we're afraid to talk to God. We're afraid to ask God, but, you know, we have to. You know, the Bible tells us to call on God, rely on him, put your trust in him. You know, who else better to, to ask for guidance and to trust? Trust in what he's, you know, what he provides for us. Trust in what he can do for us. Trust in the way he uh, maybe, you know, corrects us. Maybe which way, which direction he, he tells us to go and, and to listen to him. You know, it may not be the direction we want to go in. Like Jonah, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He wanted to go totally the other direction. But God had some plans for him. And uh, it took some, you know, some kind of miracle to change his mind. And it did. And then, you know, the results of that were outstanding. And sometimes our own lives are that way. You know, have you ever wanted to do something and you're going, 
I don't know. So you wait, you pray, you get the right strength, and you go ahead and do it. And you go, wow, that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Or wow, look what happened. It's amazing. You know, and, and uh, knowing that God was in control and God guided, guided, gave you the direction, there you go, that you needed to go in and how he orchestrated the, the, uh, the things that happened in the way everything was like, oh, this is like ABC, and this is really good. I couldn't have done it without him. And, and you know, and, and, it's, uh, and that's what you should do, talk to God about. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, sometimes we don't understand it until after it's all over and you sit there and, and reevaluate what you've done. And you go, wow, I couldn't have done that if God wasn't involved in that thing, that wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't have, yeah. So, you know, sometimes we have to ask God, thank God, and remember what God has done for us, and, and not to be afraid. You know, he's going to help us. You know, he helped, he helped Jonah get out of that well. He helped Jonah get out of his, his predicament that he, he thought he was going to be in, and, and it, uh, he turned it into something miraculous. You know, look what he did for David, you know. I could go on and on and on. You know, there are a lot of things that we have to understand that God's in control. Jesus understood that, you know. But he did ask God to help him. He did ask God to maybe remove that cup from him. But, but he knew ultimately God had a plan. And God's plan, guess what? Are you ready for this? It's usually the best. Okay? So keep that in mind. So don't be afraid to ask God for help when your back's against the wall. And you can ask him, hey, you know, can you help me a little, uh, give me a little boost here? I might need it tomorrow instead of next year. You know, he'll listen to you. If you have the faith and you believe in your heart, it, God, God will be there for you. God bless. And, you know, just rely on who, who Jesus is, who God is. The most important, rely on the book. The book will help you get through everything. If you need help with that, you know. There are people in this uh, church, in this conversation, that will be more than happy to help you. Amen and amen. God bless. Well, good morning again to you, fine friends and I was going to say a few enemies, but after Brother Dennis finished testifying like that, the enemies can't hang around. You know, sometimes you realize you get to talking about the law, your enemies go away. Man, I don't want to hear nothing about that. If you ever want to get rid of somebody, just start reading scriptures to them. Uh-huh. Man, hang up the phone quick. Or, or they'll ask you more questions. You never know, brother, right? No, no, no I don't do anything going that direction. But All right, we won't. <laughs> Not today. Uh, but if they do ask more questions, that's good. You get them saved, and then that's one. Well, this morning, as Pastor Booth gets ready to come to, to pray over us, uh, Pastor Booth, uh, uh, we know we, as I shared earlier before you were arriving with us, we're going to praise Pastor Booth today. He's got to go to, down to Carolina to spit on some folks. And uh, so uh, 
he's trying to get his mind together uh, as he's preparing to pray for us. And uh, if you got your uh, your computers or your phones or whatever the case may be, you can uh, uh, go on the Facebook, the Book of Faces, and type in City of Praise Fellowship, and uh, you can uh, watch Pastor Booth down there in, in uh, I think it's Powersville, North Carolina. I believe that's where it is. Been down there a couple of times. Can't remember where it is. Bless my heart. But he'll be down there uh, spitting today. So uh, keep him in your prayers as he's praying for us. Uh, as I said, Pastor, there's a lot of things going on between this Sunday and next. And uh, people are sick. People are got to go take care of business. And uh, so uh, I think we, we had those discussions. You know all that. And you know how to handle that piece of business for us. So if there's anything else that, that needs to come up, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you easy prayer says. I can't even get you to say, hmm. That's when you know it's real secret, when they don't want to say, hmm. So everybody in trouble because they're quiet, pastor. So uh, keep everybody in prayer, all, all 14 and a half or whatever the number is here. Everybody got something going on. The car wouldn't start. The dog would spit up on the floor. They looked at them funny. They rolled their eyes and barked at them twice when they tried. Something happened to make somebody mad this morning. So keep everybody they spilled the tea, broke the jaw. Something happened. Something happened. Made them cuss. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Jesus. Bless Lord. <laughs> Why pastor is coming? If you don't want to pray for the people, pray for the pastors and deacons. I want to read this to you. Great King of Saints, enthroned on high, under thy care thy churches live. Thou dost their various wants supply, and well-appointed elders give. For pastors may thy name be blessed, who teach the doctrine of the Lord. On deacons may thy favor rest, chosen according to the word. While they their works assigned to fill, oh, may their souls with grace be crowned. And patience, sympathy, and zeal with meekness in their lives abound. And when their service here is done, their labors and their conflicts o'er, then may they wait before the throne in heaven to praise thee evermore. Bishop. Most gracious God, our eternal Father, we honor you, praise you this morning. We come with a humble heart as we stand before you, a great God, 
Father, we come this morning as your children, as your ambassadors, as your kingdom citizens. We come, Lord God, because you told us to come. And you said if when we come, we can gather at your throne. And then, Lord God, you said as we come, we can cast all our cares, all our troubles, and everything that concern us, we can drop them at your feet because you care for us, all our cares. And, Father, we honor you this morning for being who you said you are. We thank you for being our God. And it is in you that we put our trust. Father, we trust you in spite of everything that we have seen, heard, smell, taste, or touch. We trust you. When we can't trust nobody else, we can trust you. When our car don't start, we can trust you. But there's no power in our electricity, we can trust you. If there's no oil in our tank, we still can trust you. When our bodies are wrecked with pain, we can trust you. When all the hellhounds are howling, and we can trust you, Lord. When the enemy is trying to conquer our souls, we can trust you. When we get bad words, we can trust you. When the reports come back bad, we can trust you. When the enemy pronounces death over us in our situations, we can trust you. We can trust you. With the conversations of our heart, when we can't tell nobody else, fearing they would tell someone else or look at us strange, we can trust you. When we can't trust ourselves to make the right decisions for the things that lie before us, we can still trust you, Lord. And, Father, we come this morning, God, and, Lord God, we are trusting totally upon who you are to manifest yourself in our lives and our situations. Father, there are many things that are going on. Bodies are sick. They're fevered. And, Father, we're dependent upon you to touch us and give us the strength that we need to carry on. Father, I pray for these old people that are here today. I pray for miracles. I pray, Lord God, I feel you now, Jesus. I hear you talking to me. I pray, Lord God, that you will perform miracles in the in the in the plans and in the lives of your people right now in Jesus' name. I pray that strength will come back to bodies, movements and muscles will come stronger. I pray for immune systems to be stronger. I pray for eyesight. I just, oh, God, I thank you. I pray for the eyes. I pray for the eyes of your people. 
I pray for everything that is connected to their eyes. And I pray, Lord God, that they will become stronger. I pray that there will be a miracle that people will be able to see like never before without the aids of glasses. I pray right now, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you will restore so so much so. Hey, my Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy God. That even the doctors will be amazed of what has happened. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Touch now. Touch now. Touch now, Lord. Touch now. I know this is unusual, but somebody praise God right now. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he, and I know without a shadow of a doubt, he's in the room where you're sitting right now. Could you just interrupt me and interrupt the prayer and touch God by just telling him thank you? Just tell him thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for touching this body. Thank you, Lord God, for touching this heart and giving it strength. Thank you, Lord God, for removing tumors. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Lord God, for working miracles. Thank you, Lord God, for going in and doing an x-ray and you finding the thing that is adverse that you didn't create these bodies to have. I pray, God, in Jesus' name that you would touch and remove. Work miracles, miracles, miracles like only you can. We believe you. We trust you because you are the Lord thy God to heal it be. Father, you didn't get up on that cross for nothing. You did not get up from that grave for nothing. You declared that all power was in your hand, and we call upon you, the most mighty God. We call upon you. Emmanuel, we call upon you, you. great Jehovah, we call upon you, Elohim, El Shaddai, Echanai, we call upon you, Lord God, when we can't call on nobody else, and we call upon that name that is above every name, and that name is Jesus, that every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. And, Father, as we come, Lord God, this morning, I feel you touching right now, Jesus' name. People that are on this service call this morning are receiving miracles right now. They're receiving miracles. You're working miracles. Bodies are becoming stronger right now, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And, Father, I pray, Lord God, favor over every person's name that is on this call this morning, where their name is written on paperwork and they're looking for approvals and they're looking for favorable things to work out on their behalf. I pray, God, favor over their name. And whoever reads it, whoever sees it, Lord God, I pray, God, that you will move on their behalf. When it looks impossible for everybody else, I pray, God, that you will move and show yourself mightily in their lives, Lord God. 
Touch the hearts of those who could say yes. Put Lord, touch the hearts of those who could who could stamp the paper approved. Touch the hearts of those. Hey, thank God, I feel you now, Jesus. Jesus. Lord God, they can make the decisions and turn the situations around. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Move swiftly, move swiftly, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord God, push it through, push it through, push it through, Lord. Like only, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you for it. And Father, we just continue to pray for our loved ones. We continue to pray for the neighbors in our neighborhoods. We continue to pray for our nation, our president. Father, we just pray, God, that you would give him and his cabinet the wisdom to lead this nation, to lead this country. We pray, Lord God, that you would give him strength, Lord God, to his body and to his mind. I pray for power and authority, even when he talked with other leaders of other nations. Lord God, that you would use him mightily to speak, Lord God. Speak and stand firm on that which you have placed upon his heart. Father, we pray for Putin. We pray, Lord God, for him, Lord God. We pray for his mind. We pray, Lord God, that you will just soothe his spirit, Lord God. We pray that there will be no war, that he will not invade those lands, Lord God, that it doesn't belong to him. Father, we pray for those who are feeling the threat of war. We pray for those who stand in harm's way. We pray for their strength, Lord. We pray for those men and women uh, that are standing in in the gap, Lord God, uh, that have pledged and lifted their hands and swore that they will protect. God, we pray for them in Jesus' name. From those who are in the military, those who are in armed forces, those who are first responders, fire departments, God, we just pray for them all. We pray that justice will prevail. We pray, Lord God, for our judges and our Supreme Court judges and all of the judges of the land. We pray, Lord God, that they will, Lord God, make decisions, Lord God, based upon who you are. I pray, God, that you will lead them and guide them. Father, we pray, Lord God, for this man's servant that will bring forth the word today. We pray, God, that you will just bless him and anoint him like you always have. We pray, Lord God, that the words of his mouth and the meditation heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord God, I pray for the ears of those who will listen this morning, that they will be electrified. They will be encouraged to go on. Lord God, I pray, Jesus, Lord God, for his wife. I pray, God, that you would touch her now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch her now from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. I pray, God, that you will continue to encourage her heart. I pray, Lord God, that the cords of love will continue to be around that union. Lord God, as they pursue and walk into the things of you. God, we thank you, Lord God. We praise you for this. Now I know there are many things that's on your heart that the Lord has given you to pray for. Yes, Pastor you. Ruth might didn't get to it, but you can get to it. And you can get to God because he's here. He's there where you are as well as he is here with me. 
Now let's go to the Lord in prayer. Talk to him. Let's use this time that God has given us to do that. In Jesus' name, let's pray. shall the glory be lest I forget thou thorns crown bow lead me to glory let's not forget Gethsemane let's not forget Thine agony. Let's not forget thy love for me. Lead me to care. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua Chapter 1 Joshua chapter 1 Verse 1 Five through seven. <clears throat> Joshua chapter one says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving to the Israelites. Have given you every, I, excuse me, have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Verse 5, no one. No one, lotted, dotted, nobody will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I had to be quiet because, see, Booth almost went off and started yelling, and I didn't want to do that. So I, I thought I'd shut up and, and, and swallow mine down. 
no one, I, oh, I'm sorry, I said I won't go yell, will be able to stand against you. Mama, cousin, uncle, aunt, dog, cat, cousin around the corner, teacher, pest in the seat. Oh, I'm sorry. No one. I'm, I'm, I'm calm down now. I'm supposed to be reading. Will be able to stand against you as long as you live. And I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore you would do it. Not the doctors, not the politicians, not the folks who occupy it now. Oh, Lord, this is going to be hard for me. You! I'm sorry, I'm trying to calm my nerves. I feel, I feel one of them holy services. I'm going to go over here and sit down here and calm down before I finish reading. You would distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. I want to talk to you briefly from the subject and and I'm gonna be quiet here because you know I ain't gonna get happy like Boot did because you know Boot don't got no voice. Boot got that that deep voice. He got that he got that diesel engine voice. I just got that unleaded voice. So I'm gonna have to preserve my strength. I want to talk to you very briefly from the subject. I want what he got. I want what he got. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 What God got. Amen. I found myself at a restaurant some time ago. Sitting down with uh, some gentlemen, and I ordered something off of the menu. And the gentleman said, I want that. And then we went to another restaurant on another occasion, and the same thing happened, and the third time, and the fourth, and the fifth. And around about time number six, I started feeling some type of way. And I asked the question, I said, why do you always order what I have? One of the gentlemen responded, and he said, because your choices has never led me wrong. The selection 
your eyes, your taste has always worked out in my favor. Sometimes when I say things like I want what they have, that can have a negative connotation. I heard somebody say, I want what God has, not what he has. Well, now I understand where that comes from because we have lived by philosophy where our focus is trying to keep up with the Joneses. If Jones go get a Mercedes, then I want a Mercedes. If Jones go get a Jaguar, then I want a Jaguar. If Jones go get a brick long house, then I want a brick long house. If Jones buy a boat, I want a boat. If Jones go on a cruise, I want. We've always tried to keep up with the Joneses. And so the alternative to that was that to just dismiss the Joneses. But then I looked at it from a different viewpoint. I looked at it from a perspective that if God can give them, he can give it to me. If he can bless them, he can bless me. So I want what they got. Why I got to live in a shack and they don't. Whatever you did for them. And folk can say, "Well, you know, it was their hard work." Yeah, no, no, no. You ain't, you ain't that, you ain't that hard. It was their intellect. You ain't that smart. It was their connections. You ain't that people savvy. All good and perfect gifts. Thank God. So I want the same thing God gave to you. Now, I want to take my time on this, and please forgive me at this moment. If I go over, I may. I'm going to try to stay in my time, but, you know, you ain't got nothing to do today anyway. I'm sorry to, 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 to pray that on you, but, you know, I'm just taking you. I heard somebody. Don't worry. You can cancel it. First part of the business that I want to take here is Moses, my servant, is dead. Death is a very, very interesting piece of business. Death can be sorrowful. Death can be very painful. And for some of you, death is the most exciting time in your life. You, if you're going to be honest, you can be glad that your phone has a mute button so that the people can't hear you laugh. But you got some folk you was glad when they died. You felt like David. I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go to this funeral thing. <laughs> there was a pain in your behind. 
You know, some folk got a gift to be in a pain in the behind. That's a spiritual gift. It's not in the Bible because it didn't come from God. But that's a whole other conversation. And so death breeds various emotions for various people. But one consonant that death breeds is an ending. Death means it's over. And everything attached to Moses is over. When God went to Joshua, the first thing out of his mouth is Moses is dead. So here's what I don't want you to worry about. When you go out there and stand in front of the people, you ain't got to hear, you ain't Moses. Moses did it that way. He dead. Well, Moses didn't lead us like that. He's dead. Well, you don't look like and preach like he's dead. And all his attitudes died. All his feelings died. His leadership style died. His way of action died. How he carried the church died. Moses is dead. And the one thing that that verse said to me, and I'm going to move on, is that should not, you should not let anybody hold you to something dead. You don't act like y'all. I don't care if you're dead. I am who I am. And when she died, God came in and said, now you go. This one is gone. Now you get up and go do what I've called you to do. The second piece of business I want to focus on while I'm here it's more communal than personal. Because Moses being dead is not also, as I said, a personal act. It's also conserved as a community action. As we find ourselves in Black History Month still celebrating right here in the midpoint of it, you think about a lot of things that happen over the course of our life, at least the life of our people, or the people for that matter. I guess all of us are all one people, even though we may come from different sides of the, of the people spectrum. We're all one people. You look at it. You start off with General Robert E. Lee, who believed that the South is only going to have its greatness when it has a lopsided economy and a lopsided system i.e. certain people were born to be oppressed. He had that philosophy, and he rode through the streets, and he did everything he could to try to push that philosophy on to the people, but guess what? He died. Willie Lynch, who came along as the educator of slave owners and he taught that the only way to keep people down was to turn them against each other. 
make them look at them funny. Taught them how to be crabs in a bucket. Don't, don't let the black people, if you let one get up, they'll pull the other ones up. But no, teach them how to pull each other down. Mm-hmm. And he messed up black people, but guess what? He died. A series of laws ran through the South that kept us divided, known as Jim Crow laws. And eventually all but some 105 out of 5,000 that ran this city has been eradicated from our state legislation books, died. Then there was that governor down there, some of y'all know him. Segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Not only did he die, but he was humble before he died. And he had to go back to the very people that he crucified and apologized. Died. So in our communities, that's why I had a conversation with someone on Wednesday, and I said, I'm sick and tired of people keep reminding me of dead stuff. Stop reminding me of why I was once oppressed. That was then. This is now. Stop reminding me I was once beaten. I ain't never been beaten by a white man a day in my life. That was then. This is now. Can we look at how we got over? My soul, that's the black history I want to talk about. I want to talk about how they got so that we can give. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how I can walk across a bridge because they couldn't. That's what I want to talk about, how they struggled and they fought and they pushed and they pried and they fought and they got cried on and beat on and pushed out so that now I can walk across. That's what I want to talk about. Because John Lewis pushed across that Edmund Petty Bridge. The Moses of slavery, of oppression, died. Then we look down at that second piece of business. Because it's dead. Now, nobody, nobody will be able to stand against you. I remember when this Ohio Creek project started out here, and I was invited to go to the the Office of Resiliency, that's the, the main office for this piece of business. And I got down there, and they had this stuff on a napkin, if you will, on a little, uh, this is not funny. They really pulled out a uh, one of those little bathroom towels. You, you've been in those, in your doctor's offices or some public place where the paper towels is like literally, it's almost like a sheet of paper that rolls out of the machine. You've seen them. 
so that for some reason there was no paper or just this was bad. We had to make some quick notes or something. And so, so she pulled the paper, just uh, spread it out, and just start writing little notes and drawings on this paper. I got it around here somewhere. And I looked down at that paper, and I saw some things, and she asked me my opinion, and blah, blah, blah. And I gave her my opinion. Mama Bell, I didn't think much of it, because what do I know? Just black man ain't got no education. I said it like I said it. I know the English people had a cow. That's all right. I said it like I said it, because I want you to feel it like you felt it. I ain't got no education. And got no college degree. Why is this woman going to listen to me? And Mama Bell, we were walking through the streets right up there on Kimball Terrace one day, Valentine Boulevard, right as it turns into Kimball Terrace. And we was walking down the streets, and all the sophisticated people, the high-saluted folks were sitting there. And I was given this idea. And Mama Bell, I went out there with three plans. Plan A, Plan B, and Plan C. And Mama Bell, Plan C costs like $20. Plan A costs like 20000 And I went out there with Plan A, and I... I explained plan A to her, but I had a little trepidation, Mama Bell. Because, again, you have to understand, I'm a black man, ain't got no degree, ain't got no education, ain't got no stroke, ain't got nothing. I ain't nobody to these people. And I just presented plan A and kind of dismissed it. And I heard over in the background all the snucks and the snickers from the saluted, the high folks, the engineers, the masters and PhDs, and that's a bad idea, and I don't like that. I don't think we should do that. And I sat there. I don't know why I was quiet. I don't understand it. It had to be the Holy Ghost because I ain't that quiet. Sometimes I'm a fiery little boy. I've been around fiery women all my life. You know, you just haul off and just start cussing and fighting, and then you pray about it later. (laughs) You understand, we're the John F. Kennedy of church folks. Shoot first and repent later. (laughs) But I sat there quietly. And I listened to all the people that was making their snooks and their snots. And for some reason, I don't even know why nothing appeared on my face, because they tell me I kill you with an expression. But before I could even look to react, the head lady said, I like plan A. That's what we're going with. And they looked down at me. And they said just what I said. This, hallelujah, bless God, ain't got no degree, ain't got nothing. And he get his plan through over us. Nobody. 
Nobody will stand in your way. Then we go down to the second part of that piece of business. Because this is where I had to understand something. You see, because we come from a society that believes that it's our wealth, it's our education. And I'm not against any of those things. I, I like education. I wanted to be a doctor. I grew up under First Baptist Norfolk, Dr. Robert G. Murray. And I wanted to be Dr. Eric Deshaun Barry just because Dr. Murray was Dr. Murray. And I went to school and I was trying to do it. I didn't know how. Nobody wanted to teach me how because they didn't believe in me. And then all they had to do was handle one piece of business, and they didn't want to do that either, so I couldn't go to school. It wasn't because I didn't try. It was because it wasn't given to me. The door was blocked. Where other people got opportunities, I did not. So it was there that I had to learn that whatever I'm supposed to do, it wouldn't come through education. Because I was determined I won't go be broke and I won't go stay at Taco Bell. So somehow, you would have to get me there and you won't go get me through school. I will not abandon you. I know the plans that I have for you. Before I formed thee in my mother's womb, I had a caucus meeting, and we wrote out the agenda of your life and put it on a scroll and then tucked it away in our archives. I know who you are. I got the owner's manual on you, you see. And even though the stresses of life, some of it self-inflicted even, has come, but those plans still are there for you. And I, there's a passage over there, I'm sure some of you read it, we're reading the same Bible. Or maybe I'm reading the wrong Bible, sometimes I think that way. But it says, I'm a man that cannot lie, nor the son of one that has to repent. I don't lie, and I ain't backing up on it. If I said it, it's going to happen. so I will not abandon you. You are somebody. Not you going to be somebody. Not you were somebody. I am somebody. Right now at 742 on February 20, I am somebody. Because God doesn't waste time, nor does he waste breath. And as long as there's breath in my body, I am somebody. You know, the Bible says, if I could just take a side note there, it said wasting is a sin. So I have a question for you then. If wasting is a sin and God don't sin and God gives breath, then how can you figure that you're a waste of time? I'm going to let that marinate for you a little bit. <laughs> if wasted is a sin 
and God don't sin, and God gives life and breath, then how are you a waste of time? Because God doesn't waste time, nor does he waste breath. So be strong. And courageous. There's two parts to that. See, there's some strong folks that ain't got no guts. There's some strong folks that cry all the time, that cow in the corner. There's some strong folks that don't want to face oppression. There's some strong folks that want to be in the back of the line because they don't want to deal with the backlash of the situations. There's some strong folks that can't lead nobody. But not only do I want you strong, meaning not only do I want you healthy, taking care of yourself, eating your vegetables, going out exercising, drinking plenty of water, taking some vitamins to get your immune system strong. Not only do I want you strong, but I want you to have some guts too. Why? Because you are the one. See, God let them build it. But you're going to be the one that gives it away. God let them do it. But it's yours to distribute. I was, and I tell this story sometimes, how I was taking a young lady to the doctor you know, sometime I got this mobile doctor service. Don't send me no recommendations. I'm about retired. And uh, I took this lady to the doctor. It's a doctor's office over there on Freemason Street. And I was waiting outside for her to go to the doctor, and I got out of the car because I was bored. And so I walked over, because I've always been into architecture, Mama Bell. Always like old buildings, churches and schools and, you know, historical places. You know, I just, I'm just a sucker for that stuff. You understand? And so I went out and I took a picture of this little church over there, just put a little collage together, put some music together, some cinematography, some photos, and I went back to the car just to entertain myself. You know, that's what I was doing. And I had a little get-together, a little lunching, a little lunch piece of business. I think it was the next Sunday, maybe, with a friend of mine. We sat down, and we were talking, and I, I just showed him the pictures just because I was bored. And he said, I know somebody over there. And I said, wait a minute. 
wait a minute. He said, what? I said, I'm tired of white folks. And I said it just like this. I'm tired. I've been over there with them. I've been beat up. I've been cussed at. I've been spit out and chewed out. They want to have it their way over there. That's their city. Let them do what they want to do. I stay over here on my side of town, and I mind my own business. Y'all stay over there. I stay in my little hut. Y'all can have y'all queens and, and castles. I don't need it. I don't want it. I ain't going back over there. And he said to me, he said, you ought to go and meet this person. I said, I ain't going to do it. And he begged me, white gentleman, begged me. He said, Eric, give it one more shot. And if it don't work, you try it. I said, all right. So I went over there and I met with her. We went to a little place called Cafe Stella. I don't recommend it because it ain't for us. And I'm not talking about just white folks and black folks. If you ain't preppy, bougie, stuck up, and peachy, it ain't for you. <laughs> Them people so stuck up, you got to find a thermometer in their nose. And it didn't go in that way. And so I went in, and I walked around, and I went and sat down, and, oh, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? And I just got a little creamish, and, and I don't know about some of you, but sometimes I get around too many bougie folk, and it's almost like you got a case of herpes. You just don't want to be that no more. And so I sat down and I talked to the lady. She was such a sweet lady. Mama Bell, I liked her. And she come, come here, baby. Oh. And she said, you're going to be one of my babies. And then she said, come on over to the church. And I went over to the church. I wanted to meet Dad because you took me back to that highfalutin place one more time. I might go, no, Jesus. Uh, that place would drive me to drink. So I went over to the church, and we I looked up at the building and the structure of it and the history of it and all that good stuff. And I came out the back door. And on the way out the door, I met Bob Guffey. He said, Eric, you do video work. I said, yeah, I'll do a little something, something. So I got a project we're going to work on. I might want to hire you for it. Mama Bell, I forgot what that project is. Yes. And the sad reality is he did too. And we got there and we got to talking. And we got to talking and we got to talking and we got to talking. And next thing you know, Mama Bell, we have talked for almost three and a half years. And this past Wednesday, I walked in, and I was showing uh, Sister Susan and them some things, and I realized that they had just hired somebody. They just hired a, a new associate. So I was sitting there 
listening to them and introducing myself. Actually, they introduced me to the associate. And I didn't want to be here. I said that. I told him that maybe six months ago. I said I didn't told the whole story about how I want to come here. To some degree, I still don't want to be there. And I went in there and I met the lady and I said, hey, how are you? And I was just being, you know, honest with the lady because, you know, I got my feelings about them folks. Some of them, not all of them. But you got crazy folks in your church too, so I don't feel bad talking about them. And so I said to her, I said, hi, how are you? I I know the other 19 people who wanted that job, they didn't cut it. But you you got the gate. You, you can handle it. She said, you know all 19? I said, yeah, I know all 19. I was number three. I went to the board meeting. It was a 79 vote. I raised my hand twice. I didn't want it. And Pastor Bob looked over, and he said, you were number three? I think you were higher than that. And I looked over, and I said to him, I just looked and didn't say nothing. Then me and Susan, as I come to my close, I'll finish this on Wednesday. I went to Susan, and I told her something, and we walked through the church. And she said, Eric, you remember when you first got here? I said, no, what happened? She said, Eric, when you first got here and you was talking about all the things that God could do, and we were telling you about all the different people that would stand in the way, and, my, and you just looked at it just nonchalant like you didn't even care and say, let them die. I said, I said that? She said, yes. And I said, you know what? What? They started dying. And now the stronghold went from about 20 to 5. In three years, they all started dying. And I went in, and this is where I'm going to leave this for the day. I picked this up on Wednesday. I went in, and I looked at her and her face, and I said, there's once upon a time when I would have told myself that certain things would not happen, but I will not tell myself that anymore. And don't be shocked. If the day comes that we got to work together, we're going to work together on a big way. And she said, what you mean? I said, I went out there with a $20,000 plan in that pocket sitting out there. I'm not going to tell you what the plan is because I'm not sure. But I tell you what, what I do know is that I wasn't born to be in the shack and I wasn't born to preach in one. And somewhere, the cathedral is already built. And I'm getting old now, so that means the time is coming. Why did I tell you all that? I told you all that today because I have come to understand something. Stop holding yourself down based on society standards.
Stop holding yourself down based on your own personal intellect. Eyes have not seen, nor have ears heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things that God has for you. We were not meant to be broke, busted, living off food stamps and begging for change on the side of the road. We were not meant to be spending every Sunday praying for rent money and working five jobs to hold down the gas bill. We were not meant to be at the food bank trying to collect food because we ain't got enough to feed our family. Well, heavens have thousands of cattle on, on thousands of hills and folks is broke for years, but the day is coming. We all will see what God has for us. My dear grandmama, since the devil want to get in the phone, I'm going to let her, you pray for us. And that I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Most holy and all-wise Father, we just thank you this morning. We praise you and we magnify your name. And God, we come to say thank you. In spite of whatever come our way, God, we know you are with us. We know we can trust you. We know, God, that you will never leave us, nor forsake us. We know, God, that you promised to take us into Canaan. And God, we are looking to Canaan this morning. And we said thank you this morning. We thank you before we even get into Canaan because, God, we know going into Canaan. And we just praise you this morning. We praise you for all the many blessings that you have restored upon us, all those that you're going to restore upon us, and all those that you're going to be with us, God, and that you have already had for us. We just thank you this morning. We praise you and we magnify your name because, God, we can trust you. We can trust you, God, and we say thank you. We thank you in advance, God, for all things, God. And, oh, merciful Father, we just praise you this morning. We thank you for the smile on our face and the joy down in our hearts because, God, we know, we know you will not leave us. We know that you got great things for us. And help us, dear God, to set our eyes on you. Help us to open our ears that we might hear you and open our eyes that we can see what you have for us to do. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, God, and we magnify your holy and righteous name. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, as we come this morning, we just want to tell you thank you. Because, God, you said give thanks in all things. For your mercy endure forever. Give you thanks. No matter what it look like, what it feel like, give you thanks. And we saying thank you this morning. Because, God, we know that we can depend on you. We know you got our back. We know you are there for us. And we said thank you. I thank you. I praise you. I magnify your name. And, go, oh God, let us all remember it's all about you. And you love us. Remember, your love is so great. Nothing can compare to the love that you have to us. And we said thank you. 
In Jesus' name I pray this morning. Amen, amen, and amen. Have a glorious, oh God, magnify the mighty God we serve.